Behind the Screens takes you beyond the code and into the open source community with short interviews from live events all over the world. Made possible by Lullaby, your number one source for strategy, design, and Drupal development for large-scale digital publishing. Find us on Twitter at Lullabot or in your browser at lullabot.com. We're here at DrupalCon Seattle, and today I'm going behind the screens with Lullabot's CEO, Matt Westgate, and a really loud roller bag. No, no, we are live from our <laughs> helicopter. Yes, live, live, live from the helicopter over Seattle. Uh, <laughs> it's the end of Thursday at DrupalCon. This one's going to be a fun one. Uh, so, Matt, thanks for taking a few minutes to talk today. I wanted to talk to you because... A, I'm a Lullabot, and you're my boss, so I'm going to brown nose a bit. But B, Lullabot's been around since the beginning, really. 2006, the company was founded, you, you and Jeff put it together, and you started as an educational company, which I think is great because it represents what the foundation of Drupal really is, teaching and sharing. That was 13 years ago. Lullabot's a teenager now, and we're here in Seattle celebrating our 10th Lullabot party, our 10th, what I would assume then is our 10th celebration of Lullabot at DrupalCon. So how have things changed for you over those 13 years? How, how would you evaluate that time span since you began Lullabot? Yeah, sure. Uh, thanks, Chris. It's, uh, it's good to be here. It's fun to be here, too. Um, we, uh, I rem I've gotten some interesting compliments at this DrupalCon. In particular, uh, a couple of uh, agencies have gone up, to, gone up to me this year and said, uh, you know, because Lullabot was in existence, they felt like they could launch their agency as well. Um, and that was really, really neat and inspiring to hear. I hadn't heard some of those stories before. And, you know, before before this, uh, Drupal.org was barely a website. You know, it was still using CVS for vision control. And we were emailing patches back and forth to each other. And I had a job at University uh, at Iowa State University, which which I loved, but all of this Drupal stuff was happening too. Um, but I knew that I had stumbled onto something when I had printed out the Drupal code back in the day. You, you could do that and not destroy your inkjet printer uh, <laughs> because you know you try to do that now and you're you're taking a whole forest down. But back in uh, back in the day, you know it was maybe uh, ten pages front and back and. I remember opening up the node module and that was the, the realization that, you know, there was something here that was kind of going deeper than other projects. Not to mention they had this thing, I don't know if you've heard of it, it's called documentation. And, uh, and I, it just blew my mind. And that was sort of the connective point of realizing that I wanted to be a part of this and participate in the community. And Dries and Stephen Wittens and Gerhard and Mosh and others all made it really accessible to join. And, you know, I think over the 13 years, that's, that's stayed. Uh, and we've seen the Drupal community be recognized for that and continue to be intentional and, and to protect that, the ability to let other, let other people in easy to mentor and, and to support them. Um, you know, what we've seen over the, the course of the 13 years uh, is, is the economic support of the Drupal community, uh, uh, you know, and, and use that uh, power for good to keep the community going and together. Uh, and, like, look at us now, all these, you know, hacker kids that started. We have, uh, we have now, um, you know, jobs and families and Drupal paying for things, and it's uh, really incredible and, and amazing. So... It's neat to see that continue. Mm -hmm. it, it is really great to see that that 
it, the spirit of Drupal, the way it from when it began, is still alive and well, and that it, it's supporting people's careers and their families. And so when you began Lullabot with Jeff Robbins, you you started it as an educational company. It was about teaching people how to use Drupal as it was. And I think the first book I ever bought had your name as the author on it. At what point did you decide that you wanted to shift Lullabot from education into a, a services company? And why did you make that decision? Yeah, uh, John Van Dyke and I wrote that book, the Pro Drupal Development book. Mm-hmm. And I think that came out in about 2000, 2007 or so. But, you know, part of it is that education has, has just always been in our DNA. And we get really excited when other people get excited. And, you know, it felt like we had, we had found this amazing tool in the crevices of the Internet. And, like, the world deserved to hear about it. Uh, and some of it's right timing, some of it's luck. Although they say luck is being prepared for, for opportunity. Um, but, you know, I think for, for us... Uh, we uh, started Lullabot because we had all these awesome friends that we had made in the Drupal community, and we wanted to hire them uh, and and do some great work together. So we were excited about teaching, evangelizing, and Drupal kind of needed that at the time, to be honest. You know, like it wasn't wasn't a household name. I mean, it's not a household name now, but back then, you know, there was marketing things and it was called community plumbing and you know all a bunch of stuff that sort of made it a little more obscure um and you know it's it's in the forefront now and when it started to move to the forefront there was sort of and more documentation was being written the book had come out and stuff there was opportunities to to take lullabot other places and do other things and so we realized that some of the expertise that we had been building up is how to build really large and complex websites and so we could uh, take some of that and move it into the the client services stuff that we do today. And you know, the spirit of of Lullabot is still education, and I, and I think that spirit is sort of. Uh, exist in a lot of the agencies in the Drupal community of that part of the reward is is doing the hard work but an even bigger part is pulling people into the community being mentors like showing them how to support and, and making making this family bigger the community like you said has changed dramatically over the last 13 years it, the the user groups all began because we were getting together with our friends and we were building this tool Drupal and we needed a place to share ideas and get together and that hobbyist mentality is, it feels like it's, it's waning in the wake of this enterprise tool now that we have, this product, this major solution to complex websites. So how do you feel the community needs to shift to adapt to that to keep people coming in, to keep, do we need to keep hobbyists alive? Or what does the community look like in the next 13 years going forward as we've shifted what Drupal really is at its core? Or, or has Drupal at its core shifted? I give, maybe is a better way to say that. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of moving parts to, to Drupal, the, the software these days, you know, which does create a barrier for maybe the hobbyists to, to use Drupal. There's also a lot of off-the-shelf solutions that are more available. But look, if even if you are a hobbyist uh, and, you know, are using other platforms for your for your hobby stuff Mm -hmm. uh it could be very likely that you have a job that uh involves drupal that's that's paying your salary so you know in that way i think even hobbyists can still stay connected to the drupal community because there's so many other business opportunities to be involved you know the the thing that that keeps me up at night or the thing that i that i worry about with the community 
is I've, I've been with the community uh, 16 years as of two days ago. So I got oh, wow. my little email, you know, congratulations, you've been... It's like, oh, wow, that's, that's neat. It's, it's a nice, nice touch that they do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, you know, thinking back on that, like 16 years, like we need to continue to have new faces in the community. That is one of the, the most important things. I'm, I'm, I'm actually personally really passionate about that, about seeing the new faces, because we've got the contention that, you know, there's not people saying, I want to learn Drupal when I, when I grow up, when other technologies are so more uh, accessible, right? Uh, mm-hmm. It's easy to pick up JavaScript and learn it. It's daunting to know where to go with Drupal to dive in and get started. Although, with all the JSON API work and stuff, like the next round of Drupal developers could be JavaScript developers, right? It's a, it's a gateway for them. Maybe we teach JavaScript first and then, and then Drupal, you know? Um, but uh, I want, I, I'm really driven by uh, making sure we get new voices into the Drupal community. And one of the initiatives that I'm working on with other members in the Drupal community is to look and try and solve well, maybe we won't solve the problem, but to put a lot of attention towards creating uh, a diverse talent pipeline for the Drupal community. And we're doing this under the Drupal Apprenticeship Initiative in partnership with Treehouse, in partnership with Drupalize Me. You know, the Treehouse team has a program called Talent Path, and they've actually worked towards solving the problem of creating apprenticeship models for companies. Uh, and so we're working with them to develop the first Drupal tech degree uh, as a part of their program. And we're really excited about it. You can Google it, the Drupal Apprenticeship Initiative, for more information. It's a subgroup underneath the, uh, the uh, diversity and inclusion group. That's really exciting. Because I think that's one thing that, after sitting into the, the community summit this week and talking with a few people, it does seem like most agencies, and if we, even if you look at the job board that was posted in the, the expo hall, where agencies were putting up the positions they were looking to fill, I saw one that said junior developer. And most of the others were all senior or mid-level developers. So it's a great point and a, I think a great initiative to be focusing on is how are we giving people this leg up into the community when if they're coming out of school they need a job. Whereas you know, it's, a different, it's a different scenario than from when we, when we began back in the, you know, when Drupal was much smaller and not as, as enterprise. So to have a career path that we're looking at for people to start following to get entry level into the community uh, and, and be paid for it is, I think, a, that's a tremendous effort. And it's glad, I'm glad to hear that that's gaining more traction now. If you could grant one wish for the Drupal community moving forward, what's one thing that you would want to be able to say, like, this is, we're going to do this now and it's done? I'm going to go with the, I'm going to go with the wish. Uh, and this one's going to be a bit, uh, a bit candid, but um, I can really empathize with the situation that Dries is in sometimes. You know, we always talk about him having to wear multiple hats. And honestly, if I had a, a wish it would, and, and it would come true and, and I knew it would be beneficial, I, I wish that Dries didn't have to wear so many hats. I think that the tension that he carries on behalf of all of us at times is being the, the CTO of a, of a, of a company uh, and being the community leader. Uh, and while he does a good job of navigating it, just having that tension exist uh, creates tension in the community, even if it's unintentional. Uh, 
And, you know, I know, well, I imagine that Dries struggles with that a lot of being very, you know, uh, focused on what conversation he's having with who. But I also, if I was wanting a utopian world, Dries would be the community project leader and that would be the only role. And he would get, you know, the, all the support and resources that, that he needs. And, and, and like, I also understand why that isn't the case. I do understand the role that he's trying to provide to bring Drupal to the next level and, you know, the importance of having a sustainable business model behind that. But you asked me for a wish, and that's my wish. I think that's, I really enjoy that, that answer. That's something that I think most of us don't really think about. It's, we're so far removed from that level of, of government of, of the project and what he's doing, yeah, as running Acquia and for the project. It's easy to take it for granted sometimes yeah and, and to uh and to also like the way that we can help Dries with that is when we're talking about him when we're lo- th- thinking about decisions is come from a place of best intent mm-hmm. and assume that and if there is amb- ambiguity reach out Dries is accessible and he wants to know you know he counts on the community to help be a guardrail uh for him and for that and he does take feedback it doesn't have to be a public rage storm on twitter you know it can be a private conversation and you know i know that that he uh loves the community and he uh you know it's he cares very deeply about it and wants to make the the right decision so i want to take this and flip it around a little bit now uh I want to get to know more about Matt Westgate, the person. You keep your hands pretty full running Lullabot. Uh, you know, probably have products now, we have services, we're doing support and maintenance. So I'm going to give you a month off. Fully paid, take your sabbatical, whatever you'd like to do. What do you want to do with that, that fully paid month off of your time? Uh, I would definitely hang out with my kids and my wife. Definitely take advantage of that time. The other thing that comes up for me is uh, to do something to create something with my hands, something tangible, right? In the world of software, we're just clickety-clackety on the keyboard all day. And there's a real strong desire that I think I think is not uncommon to, like, go build something with our hands, something that we can touch and create. And so that's what comes up to mind, come to mind for that. Probably some home improvement projects or something like that. But, uh, yeah, that's what I would do. If you could take any two animals and merge them together into one super pet. Tell me about your new super pet. <laughs> uh, let's see. Any two animals. It would not involve cats. They're not, they're not high on my prairie list. No offense to, no offense to cats, but I'm allergic to them. Uh, it would be um, uh, a ferret. Uh, and <laughs> I don't know what else you'd combine with a ferret. Uh, they're already snake dogs as, as is, you know. <laughs> You do two ferrets, one on each end. <laughs> there was a movie, uh, Beastmaster. Oh my gosh, yeah. Uh, and it. it had the ferrets with uh, Kodo and Poto were their names. And he had them in his satchel. Mm-hmm. And I think like my dad wanted me to watch the movie with him because it was sort of like a Rambo style thing. But I just couldn't help. Like I was so mesmerized by the, the ferrets. I'd have him <laughs> stop the VHS, rewind it. And like I wanted to know all about the ferret. I don't even know if we finished the movie because I was so... <laughs> attracted to the ferret so i'm just i'm gonna say that the the perfect animal already exists in those little little thing the skunk smelling ferrets (laughs) all right i'll take it uh all right if you could be any piece of furniture what is the piece of furniture that represents matt westgate 
Wow. <laughs> um, uh, a treehouse. Uh, that's that's what I would be. Uh, the idea of um, you know having having a private place that uh, is also sort of a, a, a dreaming you know inspirational kind of thing where I can I can take others to the fort and uh, you know we can have fun and have some creativity and all of that, but also like is something that uh, isn't like mainstream and common and you know you can make it your own and you can have your your whole imagination there. Yeah. I like that. That's that's. I really like that answer. Least favorite household chore. The one chore that if you would just wake up and it would just automatically be done for you. What goes away? Uh, I'd be taking out the trash. Yeah, I'm the guy. Takes one for the team. <laughs> but you know, we live in New England, and, and my wife is from the southern coast of Spain. So whenever it's cold, I've got I've got to I've got to pull my weight. Yeah. Well, the kids are almost old enough where they could start helping with some of that, right? You got a good point. Uh, maybe we've got some new chores when we get home. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, let's see. All right. We're going to do rapid fire because I haven't done rapid fire in a little while. Okay. <clears throat> rapid fire. Yes or no, this or that types of questions. You get five questions. Toilet paper hung over or hung under? <laughs> hung over. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Peanut butter crunchy or creamy? Crunchy. Mountain Lodge or Beach Hut? Beach Hut, definitely. The uh, Chiringuita stands in the southern coast of Spain all the way, right on the beach. Nice. Uh, and finally, would you rather attend school at Hogwarts or have a wardrobe that opened to Narnia? Attend the school at Hogwarts. I love to learn. All right. I'm going to wrap this one up like I always do. Is there anybody that comes to mind that you would like to reach a hand out to and say thank you, share some gratitude with who gave you help along the way? That's a, a long Drupal career to try and pick people from. So, Yeah, the first person that comes to mind uh, is uh, Angie Byron. She worked for Lullabot for a while, um, but she is uh, a beacon of hope and support for the, the Drupal community. Um, and there's, she's, she's a great advocate. I also got the, the chance to get to know uh, Gabor, uh, this this time around at DrupalCon, which seems funny that he's been in the community for so long and we haven't had to, had a chance. But both of those people's hearts are warm and open and full of love and great exemplars for what the community can be. That's excellent. Matt, thank you very much for taking a few minutes here at the end of DrupalCon to talk with me. I really appreciate it and uh, safe travels back home. Yeah, you're welcome, Chris. You too. Hey, it's Avi from Midcamp. What's happening with the next camp, Avi? Hey, uh, we're super psyched about O-Midcamp. It's coming March 18th through 21st, 2020. The big deal is it's going to back right up against St. Patrick's Day in Chicago. It's going to be at DePaul University Lincoln Park campus in Chicago. Wednesday is summits and trainings. Thursday and Friday are sessions. And Saturday is going to be our contribution day. Coming in fall 2019, we have $50 early bird tickets. And our call for proposals is going to open up. All right, check out midcamp.org for more, and we'll see you on St. Patrick's Day in Chicago for Midcamp 2020.